This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. stop and do it, you know, and so I just put money in the bucket, you know, he said, you look at, look at us. And so he looked, look at the Bible says, he said, um, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them. If you're here tonight, expect to receive. I don't care how long you've been in the position. I don't care how big the issue is, how little the issue is. doesn't make a difference. Expect to receive. Jesus paid for it at the cross. It's already done. I heard this uh, young woman's testimony. She was a teenager, and she was... Um, she went, she got in a, a, a wicked car accident. She, her parents were in the front seat and she was in the, in the back seat and somebody, I think, smashed him from the side. And, um, uh, but there was a multi-car pileup. Somebody hit him from the back. There was a multi-car pileup and it was horrendous. The parents got out of the front seat, went in the back seat, and they all sang praises. And she said, I knew something was really wrong said, I knew it was wrong, but we just praised God and we praised God. Nobody wanted to venture out because of all the circumstances. Well, about six months, she had gone to the hospital. Everything seemed to be fine. About six months later, something went wrong in her body. And then something else went wrong in her body. And something else went wrong in her body. And something else went wrong in her body. And it continued to go wrong until she was not able to do anything. She couldn't do anything. She couldn't go to the restroom herself. She couldn't be left alone. Everything, get dressed, brush your teeth, everything had to be done for her. And she said um, she would talk to God. So she said this one point, I'm not going to tell you her own testimony, but it's fabulous. Um, but she said one day she was in so much pain and she had gone to a chiropractor and everything, nothing could move. She said, I couldn't do anything. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, I felt a jerk in my body. And I thought, oh, great, this is healing starting. And she said it started to jerk and convulse. And she said, for lack of any other terms to describe everything was going on, it was a seizure that was going on. Her mama wouldn't leave her uh, at the doc on the doctor's table because she was afraid she was going to jerk right off the table. And um, she said, I got to a crunch time. She said, that was the worst moment of my life. I knew it was the worst moment of my life. And she said, I closed my eyes. And she said, I started talking to Jesus. She said, when your body's doing all sorts of things, she said, it's easy to play mind games. You get in your mind and you shut out your body. So she practiced something. It was five years that she was in this at this point. And, um, and she said, she had her eyes closed. And as she had her, had her eyes closed, she said, it was not a vision it was not a dream. Uh, I didn't see a sighting. It wasn't a sighting. She said, but I saw Jesus. And she said, Jesus walked up to me. And um, he said, um, he didn't say much, she said, but he turned around and pulled up his jacket and showed her his back. And she said this. She said, whoever wrote by his stripes missed it because there's not stripes on his back. There's deep welts, thick, that no amount of mending, healing can cover up. And she said, the holes, you know, and I never really thought about it this way. The holes in his hands still had blood. And she said, Jesus, how come the blood is there? 
to remind the enemy the price is paid. And she said, then he leaned in real close to her. And she said, I noticed something. She said, his cheekbones were uneven. And as he got closer, I saw the scars on his face. You know, that was never a thought to me. I'm thinking, you see Jesus, he's like perfect, except you can see uh, perfect cylindrical, it's perfectly round, okay, uh, holes in his hands and his feet. So I don't know where I got that crazy idea, but, and so she's describing all of this. And, you know, of course, the scripture says that he was so marred that he was not recognizable. And so my next thought is, well, I thought we got glorified bodies. I thought we didn't have any of that stuff on our body. But Jesus paid that price. And so in my mind, I can't, maybe pastor can answer this or not. I can't really, when the need arises, it's something that's evident perhaps. I don't know. That's what I would think. I, I think he's still forever the lamb of God, the sacrifice. Okay. The wounds. The wounds. That's kind of what I thought, yeah. And I love that it was the blood was still in the hands. Shows that enemy. But she said this. She said, he never said, why aren't you on your faith better? Why aren't you doing this? He didn't say anything except, I love you. And that was it. That's everything he said. And he turned around and walked away. And it was, it's an amazing testimony of, and she did get healed. And she rose up one day. Um, it was, it was, the end of it was five years. And um, if you're interested in look, listening to the testimony, I'll, I'll tell you where to find it. But all of that, what he went through, he paid that price. He paid for every little thing, every big thing, every impossible thing, everything that they say can never, will never. But taking heed and giving attention to him and the answer of what he did brings that mercy and that grace and that favor. And as you listen to the word of God, your faith will rise that you can believe that you can receive what he bought and paid for. It was just a striking, I've never heard a testimony like that before. In all the time that she is talking, she has a smile on her face and uh, uh, you're drawn to her because of the spirit that's in her. And then I learned out later, it was 17 years ago that all of this happened to her. And so, you know, it goes through her whole life history. But um, it, it, was, it was amazing. But that was the most striking thing about Jesus to me. So why would we, it's not by his stripes, a little tiny nothing. It's, um, it is, why would we not take the full benefit of healing? He's not going back to the cross. He already did it. That word salvation means is sozo, S-O-Z-O. It doesn't mean just to go to heaven. As a matter of fact, I heard this the other day. And I, you know, in your thinking, when we're talking about religious things, the word, you know, the, the traditions of man, the religious things that we do on a repetitive basis negate the word of God. And um, when, when you look at those things, and you think, oh my gosh, 
That is not what the Word says. When you get a thought, and that is not what the Word says. That is not what the Word says. You make a decision to alter what you think to line up with the Word of God so that you can get the results that God says that you should have. So let's go on. So he, was, um, he took action. He saw an opportunity to prosper. And look at, look at this. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, look at us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. Now, think about this. Peter didn't stop and say, oops, I'm not prayed up. I got to go pray for five days before I can help you. Oops, it's not convenient for me. Let me just, you know... Uh, let, me, let me come back at another time and I'll help you out. He was ready for the deposit that God had put in him to give out. You cannot give something you do not have. You cannot receive something from somebody that they don't have. You can't do it that way. But notice it wasn't, well, let me go on. And he took him, now listen, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, Christ means the anointed one and his, his anointed, of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So now you're the, just think for a minute, you're the paraplegic uh, or the, um, um, the man that's lame, excuse me, the man that's lame and you're laying there and um, I want money is what I'm looking for. I want to be able to live. I often wondered about the men and the, or the women, whoever brought him to the um, to the temple every day and set them down there. I wonder if they were friends or if they were moochers that wanted the money he got. You ever think about that? Who was he dependent on? Friends or moochers? Who was in his life? Who was left in his life? You know, who was egging him on? You know, you look at that. What does that say? That means you look at your, you look at your surroundings and see who's there. Are they helping you get to the next level? Are you helping them to get to the next level where the things of God are concerned? Are you helping somebody get their healing? You know, I've often found the most that you need, when you need something the most, if you go, see, go sow seeds in somebody else, it comes a lot faster. I get in desperate situations sometimes. I don't know what end is up. I usually have about four or five people I text and this is what I need in prayer. And then I go out and find somebody who is having a rough time, worse than I am. And when you're filled up, when you're filled up with the things of God, then you can look at somebody else and see their need and compassion will rise. You know the difference between compassion and empathy or sympathy, I should say. Compassion will make you respond. Sympathy will say, oh, they're in a bad situation. I just feel badly for them. But you know what? I'm pretty tapped myself. There's nothing I can do. That's sympathy. Compassion says they're in a bad situation. I don't have much myself, but I'm going to go ahead and, and give out and do something. So he took him by the right hand. Now look at this. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So if you're looking from uh, Peter and John's perspective, they did not pray and beg God to do anything, did they? Do you think Peter was expecting something to happen? Remember what the Bible says? That these signs will follow those that believe. Peter went with authority, and he expected the guy to get up. How do you know that? 
How do you know that? And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. So the signs followed. The signs followed. And so, you know, when you get in that situation, believe God will do what God says he's going to do. That's pretty basic there. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Do you know, praising God by telling somebody else what God did gives them, you know, gives praise to God, thanking God. You know, the, the, out of the abundance of your gratefulness, you're going to praise, you're going to tell somebody else. Because when somebody gets healed, God gets glory. So why wouldn't you want everybody healed? Everybody that will receive so he said, he leaping up and stood, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with what? Wonder and amazement. Does wonder and amazement get you healed? Okay, let me ask you this question. Do you think that this man was the only infirmed man in that territory? All right. This is the temple that Jesus had gone in many times, wasn't it? So if they brought him daily at the gate, why is he just now getting healed? If there's other people there that are infirm, the Bible's not talking about them. This man, there's an expectation that happened when he saw Peter. He expected, now what he got and what he expected were not the same things. But he got abundantly above. Doesn't God say abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power? So he praised them. And they knew that it was he that sat, okay, and verse 11 says, and as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. All right, so can you picture them? They're going in the temple. They're going in the temple. Do you, why was... He's up and leaping and jumping, but Peter and John, he's still got a hold of Peter and John. Do you think that maybe there's a process going on here? If he's never walked, he's never used those muscles, they've never been developed, do you not think there's a step or two or three or four or five in order to build up the muscles that he can be solely by himself? Process. A lot of times there's process that goes on. Every little, every little tiny thing that you get victory on, celebrate, praise God. Don't despise the little things. Because if you never celebrate even the little things, the big things, you're never going to see. Celebrate every little thing. Tell God how grateful you are. He's a wonderful God. He's mighty. He's disposed to show favor. His tender mercies are over me every single day. My eyes see things. Unto me it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I have godly wisdom operating in my life. I know how to handle every situation. Because he who is in me is greater than he that's in the world. Stir yourself up with what God said about you. Tell yourself. Don't let the circumstances tell you who you are or who you're not. This man's circumstances told him he wasn't worth anything. This man's circumstances told him that he'd be a beggar for all of his life. There would be nothing else. There's no hope. There's no promotion. There's nothing but God. Can I say it this way? But one child of God who knew, or two children of God, who knew who they were and were not afraid to walk it out. 
and display its God power. Glory to God. I think that's wonderful. And the lame man, 11, uh, which was healed, held Peter and John, and all the people ran together unto them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this, or why look ye so earnestly on, on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? You know, we're the delivery people. You know, those of us that teach and preach the word and every child of God, we should be delivery people. That's how we are. We don't get credit when somebody receives their healing. And we don't take blame when somebody refuses to be healed either. Healing always comes. It is not always received, but it always comes. Because you have to get through the filter. I didn't have an extra one, but I was going to bring a dirty filter from my furnace. You know, I saved one, dirty, filthy. You know, if you take out a filter, you know what they look like? Filthy, filthy. How much air goes through a filthy filter? Not very much. It's pretty hindered, isn't it? Well, we are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind or will and emotions. And we live in an earth suit, which is our body. That filter is our mind, will, and emotions. And our filter is clogged with what, what we learned, what we were taught, what we heard, what we saw, what we decided to think. Everything that is against God's word and his way of doing things, traditions of man, uh, healing, healing, God will heal, but it's going to be in his timing. I can take you through the scriptures and show you a bunch of people. It wasn't God's timing. It was their timing. They decided, and what they decided, they got by their faith. They exercised their faith, and they received. And in some cases, Jesus said, ooh, great is your faith. Great is your faith. I want to have great Do you know what? You know how you get great faith? If you take faith, the Bible says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, what do you do with a grain of mustard seed? You plant it, right? So you take your faith and you do what's necessary. You plant a seed. You water it. You water it. You sun it up. Give it the word of God. You water it. and You keep on going. Refuse to give up. Cave in and quit. That faith will produce. And I always like it. Mark chapter 4 is one of my favorite chapters because the seed grows up and becomes. And what does it become? So whatever you planted. So if you plant healing, the seed has no rights not to grow up and become. Glory to God. So he said this. Why are you marveling? Why are you looking at us? We didn't do this thing. So they were the conduit for it. Now this is what he says. The God of Abraham, verse 13, of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his son, Jesus. What does it tell you about healing? Healing glorifies God. Glorifies Jesus. When we get what God says belongs to us. When a person is born again, they're, they're giving God glory because they're taking advantage. But do you remember how you got born again? Looking around this room, I think everybody in this room is born again, right? Everybody, does anybody not know Jesus? Well, let me ask you this question. Don't raise your hand either. Do you have the relationship, the personal, hi, Jesus, how are you, relationship that you want today? 
Do you want a deeper one? He said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. It's not a hard thing. But you know, just like you have to cultivate friendships, you have to cultivate time with God. You know, God, we were created to fellowship. We were created to fellowship. We were created to fellowship with God. God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. He provided everything, everything. God never changes. We're still created to fellowship with him. Do you want to spend somebody time with somebody who says, hi, I got to run. Hi, I got to run. Hey, can you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G for me? I got to run. Do you, how long do you want to spend time with those people? But what do we do with God a lot of times? God, here's my list. Help me. Help me. See, spending time with God is listening. Spending time, you know, the, the devil doesn't want you to do that, by the way. But, you know, you get one word from God concerning your healing. One word. That word takes you through hard times. It takes you through when it says there is no way, when everything is screaming at you that you have lost to give up, cave in, and quit. That word will sustain you and talk to you and bring you through when you think you cannot take one more step. And when you can't really take one more step and you're really in a hard place, just take one more step. And when you can't take another step, take one more step. Just keep on going. Because really and truly, it's the Lord that's sustaining you. It's the Lord that's moving you and doing. He's always with you. He never leaves you and he never forsakes you. So he said this, that the, um, the God of our fathers has glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. In his name, Jesus... Through faith in his name, Jesus, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him, Jesus, has given him, the man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, God is no respecter of persons. So what is he saying? Believe that God's word is true. Believe that he will do what he said in his word for you. And do you know what? I have to remind you, when is faith? Now. Hope is a wonderful thing because without hope, you know, hope gets you from, from if you're in a hopeless situation and you see a glimmer of hope, it will take you from hopeless to believing there's something that's possible. And so hope is kind of a conduit that will help you to get to faith. But hope is always placed in the future. Faith is always placed in the now. And so faith is always now. And I say, you know, Mark 11, 23 and 24, it says to have faith in God, to say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Be removed and cast. Who's, who does the saying? We do the saying. You're, you, you're doing the words of Jesus. So I just tell whatever the symptoms are, listen, I'm talking to you. And Jesus said, you have to listen. Ha, ha, ha. So be removed and cast into the sea. And I don't doubt in my heart, but I believe you have no more rights in my body. And so in the name of Jesus, I demand right now that you get off. 
and go. And then turn your attention from the sickness and disease to the author of the healing, to the, to the um, lover of your soul. So let me read a couple of things that I have in my notes that I probably skimmed over pretty quick. So he came, the guy, the man, he saw, he asked, he received, and he testified. Notice Jesus, uh, well, excuse me, I was going to say, notice Jesus didn't walk by him, but we're not even talking about that at the moment. Notice that he called out and it stopped the man of God, men of God. It stopped them. So there was a demand put on them. So he came, he saw, he asked, he received, and then he testified. He gave attention, meaning he had ears to hear, and he expected to get something. And this is a reminder, God withholds no good thing from you. No good thing does he withhold from you. When you settle that in your heart, then it's not hard. Uh, I was telling the class the other night this, is when you sin, doesn't it come back and live in color? Even if you've asked for forgiveness, you know, it just comes back and it reminds you how bad you were and you did this. And then when you do the same thing again, you know, say, say you get mad at somebody and you're angry with them or whatever. And then you think, oh God, I can't be in strife. Okay, strife, I refuse strife. And so you get it all squared, you get it all squared, squared away and then you go back um, and then you get in strife again. And you think, oh, I just did it again. And then you go before God. What happens? Condemnation comes, right? And it says, well, you remember what you did? Remember how you did it? Remember how bad you were? And so you're trying to repent and receive forgiveness so that you can get on and get what you need from God. And the pipeline, it says, if, if our heart condemns us not, then we, have, then we have confidence towards God. And, you know, 1 John 5 says that this is a confidence that we have in. If we, have, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So we have confidence there. But then the confidence is shaken because we were not right before. We goofed up. We got forgiveness. Now we're right back there again, and we're going to God. Well, this is what I told the class the other night. When you confess your sin, what happens to it? What does the Bible say? And where does he put them? Or how far is it? Yeah, see a forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed them, is what the scripture says, right? And he remembers them no more. So if he remembers them, well, gives you the right to remember him, number one. But number two, if he remembers them no more, when you go in this second round of missing it and you go and say, God, I've done it again. Well, if he remembers the first one no more, how can you be on the again? He doesn't remember. So when you go before God, confess it. Repent of it means turn. It doesn't say, oh, I just, I, I hate that I got caught. Turn of it, receive your forgiveness. Don't let the devil tell you anything otherwise. Take every thought captive. Don't let him tell you that you missed it again and you're no good and you know you've been doing this since the beginning of time and you're never going to get anywhere. You know, this sickness and this disease has plagued your family. It's plagued your family's family. Even so and so, one of your friends even has it. What makes you think that you're something special that you can get out of it? You know, they say you'll never be able to 
A, B, C, and D. Wouldn't you like to get a hold of they? I'd like to get a hold of they and sit them down and talk to them a little bit. They can say whatever they want. You don't have to listen. You are free to close your ears. Remember how mama and daddy would tell you something and tell you something and tell you something and tell you something and something, and you'd be doing something you just didn't pay attention, you know? And now you remember how your kids do it to you now? Or they did it to you? They learn to tune it out, right? Just tune it out. Just tune it out. Tune out the devil. I heard somebody say this the other day that um, um, he went to God and said, God, it's not working. He said, who told you it's not working? He thought, well, I guess the devil. He said, well, I'll, quit. I'll, be, uh, I'll, I'll thank you to quit telling me what the devil's telling you. And so that would jerk the slack out of you a little bit, don't you think? So anyway, let's go back. Peter gave something abundantly above what the man expected. Remember the scripture says, abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. That is a wonderful thing. He freely gave it. And we talked about you can't give what you don't have. And you can't receive something if nothing's given. Peter knew he had something. He was already prepared. He didn't have to pray up. He didn't have to do anything but to be um, hearing, to be hooked up with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this one thing. And then I'm going to close with this. Where are my points here? This man who was... No, let me go there. I'm going to skip that. That's what I want. Faith always begins where the will of God is known. So where healing's concerned, you have to know it's God's will to heal. You have to believe that God will heal you. You have to believe that he's ready to heal you now. If you put your faith in the future, then your healing will be in the future. If you put your faith in now, your healing will be now. So when I go to pray and receive something, I always say, I take it at the amen that it belongs to me. Well, what if your body doesn't see any changes? What does that have to do with the word of God? If you ask your body if you can be healed, your body will lie to you. And even if for a moment it says it's healed, when you walk out of here, then what happens if you get a pain again? You'll say, well, I guess I didn't get healed. Many people come to meetings and the power of God flows. And what happens is that they lose their healing because they don't know how to keep their healing. They don't know how to maintain it. And that's why it's so important to know something about the word. But you'd have to know something about the healer. I had a friend one time that was diagnosed with cancer, given three months to live, told to go home and make her arrangements. And, um, and she said, you know what? I worked eight and ten hours a day. She said, I quit my job. And she said, I stayed home. And I spent eight and ten hours a day in the Word of God finding out what God said. She said, somewhere along the line, I quit seeking healing, and I sought the healer, and my healing came. And so when you look at the healer, he is disposed to show favor. He paid the price. It is already freely given. It's so easy to receive when you know the heart of the healer. God is just so good. Just, it's not the vessel. 
It's not the vessel. You know, many times we want so-and-so to pray for us or we think this person's more anointed than the other. And the truth of the matter is there's people that spend more time in the Word of God and know more about certain subjects, but other people know more about other subjects. It takes us all to make the things of God operate to the full that they're supposed to operate. But it doesn't matter what is going on where the Word of God is preached, when healing's being preached, signs follow and people get healed. And so just tug on the healer that's inside the person. Extend your faith and always hook up with God. He freely gives to us what he said in his word. If you believe that you receive it, remember he came, he saw, he asked, he received, he praised the Lord and thanked him, and then he testified. God is no respecter of persons. What he will do for one, he will do for the other. And just a reminder, Jesus and the word are one. They're the same thing. The word was made flesh and dwelt among them. Glory to God. Well, Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that signs follow the preaching of the word. And I thank you that he who is in us is greater than he that's in the world. And Father, that you are disposed to show favor, that your tender mercies are over us, and that you desire for every single person to be healed, to be restored, to be set free. Does anybody have knee pain at this moment? Do you have knee pain? No. Anybody have knee pain? You have pain in your knee right now, anybody? I saw this several times when I was preparing, so um, um, if you, I don't know who this is for, maybe that person is not here, but um, I saw this. In what, if you experience any knee pain, I just want you to stand up, put your hands on your knees, but first open your Bible to Deuteronomy 28, where it talks about knee pain being under the curse, and then open it to Galatians 3.13. And put your hands on your knees because your hands are anointed to lay hands on the sick and they recover. And I saw this. God has brought this to me three or four times during the day about that. In Galatians, uh, Deuteronomy 28, that says knee pains under the curse, diseases of long continuance. And you can flip over to Galatians 3.13. and says, I've been redeemed from knee pain. I demand that my knees line up with the word of God. God sent his word. You don't have to put your hands on your knees either. Just go from scripture, Deuteronomy 28 to 3.13. That's the instruction. So whoever that's for, maybe it's for somebody on the tape. But go and just say, I've been redeemed from the curse of knee pain. Read it out of Deuteronomy 28 because Galatians 3.13 says that I am redeemed. Deuteronomy 28 says knee pains under the curse. You can go through Deuteronomy 28 and you can find everything. And it also says any disease not even listed here is under the curse. So that's my timer. Good. Any disease not even listed here is under the curse. And I have been redeemed from the curse. And I've known people that have got their healing just by doing that very simple thing and just staying at it and just staying at it and just staying at it. And the word of God hits and it permeates something and explodes and all of a sudden the pain runs and people are set free. 
So, excuse me, I was in the middle of a prayer there. So, Father, if there's anything that you want done today, we are your yielded vessels, and we thank you and we praise you. We just worship you. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the things that you've shown me that you're doing even already. I thank you, Father, that as we go, some of these things are going to manifest. And as we're here, others will manifest. I thank you for signs following. I thank you that we have been set free. We're not going to be, but we have and we receive it. And we thank you for healing and restoring us in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you'd like for us to pray for you tonight, if you can come up and have a seat in the front, anywhere around, just leave a seat in between and the team will come up and we will pray. And loose the power of the Holy Spirit on your behalf and see God operate. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 one five seven three or toll free at eight six six three eight three eight two seven seven.